Welcome back to Careers Explained. This week, we're talking with Pete Benbow about his career path and current role as a business intelligence developer at Davidson College. Welcome, Pete, and thanks for coming on today. Thanks, Heidi. Glad to be here. Can you start by giving us an overview of yourself, um, your background in education? Yeah, so I was born, raised, and educated in the state of North Carolina. Um, I graduated from Davidson College in 2007 with a degree in political science. Uh, I've been working at Davidson College, my alma mater, since 2017. My job title is business intelligence developer because my specialty as a software engineer is in business intelligence systems. Um, but, uh, I inhabit a lot of different roles at Davidson, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, and, uh, sometimes, uh, you know, I, I do a lot of data engineering and data analytics, and sometimes my boss unofficially refers to me as a data architect. Um, so there's a lot of different things that I do at Davidson, um, and uh, but pretty much the, the unifying aspect of all of it is that I work with data in some form or fashion. Um, and prior to Davidson, I worked as the director of research and analytics at the Gerritsen Group, which is now a part of EPIC, E-P-I-Q, uh, which is a multinational legal services company um, and uh, was responsible for developing a lot of uh, Gerritsen Group's analytics and data science practice um, before I came to Davidson. Awesome. And then going back to those steps and how you got to each of those from a political science degree at Davidson, how did you get into the field of data analysis? Yeah, that's the part that's kind of meandering for me because it wasn't a direct route. Um, you know, I, I came into Davidson very much intent on going directly into law school and becoming an attorney. And, um, what changed for me was I took a course in my freshman year on international politics with Russell Crandall, who is now a professor of Latin American studies at Davidson. And that one course completely changed the trajectory of what I wanted to do with my life. Um, what, what happened after that was I, I got really obsessed with international politics and U.S. foreign policy. And my goal was I wanted to work for the State Department. I wanted to become a foreign service officer and live overseas and a diplomatic mission. But I, the, the, the big thing that was going on at the time, this is 2003, 2004, was you know the United States was embroiled in the wars in Iraq and Afghanistan. And um, I, was, uh, I was inspired, I guess, um, in some way. I wanted, to, I wanted to join the military. My idea was to join the military and serve for a few years there and then uh, ultimately go into the foreign service. So um, I spent the next three years at Davidson obsessed with one goal, which was to become a uh, an officer in the U.S. Marine Corps. So um, when I graduated from Davidson, uh, two weeks after graduation, I, I reported for officer training in Quantico, Virginia at the U.S. Marine Corps Officer Candidate School, which was... Um, you know, as briefly as I was there, it was one of the most fundamental experiences of my adult life was was that training with the Marine Corps um, and completely different from everything that I'd ever done in my life prior to that. Um, and, um, you know, to, to, to make a long story kind of short, 
um, I was injured during training and uh, Marine Corps OCS has an attrition rate of about 30 to 40% on average. And I was part of that attrition rate. So um, I was medically discharged and sent home. Um, I got a job at a law firm going back to that whole, you know, uh, law school idea. And I thought, no, I'll do this for a little bit. I was laid off during the Great Recession um, in 2008. Um, I was working in commercial mortgage-backed securities. But by that point, I had signed a contract to actually go back to the Marine Corps, so it was okay. Um, I went back to the Marines in January of 2009 and was again injured during training. It, it was very kind of shattering to my confidence, and I was trying to figure out, like, you know, this, this goal of being a Marine officer and going to the Foreign Service had been kind of the core of my being at, at for the last four or five years. Like, so I, I found myself in a situation where, you know, this, in this existential quandary of like, what am I going to do with my life if I'm not, you know, joining the Marines, if I'm not going to serve overseas? Um, and uh, what ultimately ended up happening was I, I fell back into a job at a law firm. I did that for a few years. I even went to law school for a period. I, I took the LSAT, went to law school. Um, I ended up dropping out. And ultimately, I ended up working at this company down in Charlotte, the Garrison Group. And when I came in as an operations analyst for this company, one of their goals was they needed to automate a lot of the reporting out to the law firms that had hired them to help administer parts of these big settlements. So I was tasked with trying to automate some of these reports. And what I did was I, I taught myself how to program. You know, I prior to that, I did not really have a whole lot of experience. I had some uh, some spreadsheet work, but I was not a programmer. I taught myself how to do it thanks to some of the colleagues that I had at the time. And I just loved it. I loved every second of working with data, working with databases, of crafting visual dashboards that helped tell the law firms the story of their client's data that was inside of, you know, of these databases. But ultimately, what ended up happening was I felt that you know, I, I advanced really quickly. I went from associate to manager to director in a three-year span of time, basically. And um, I had gotten really far away from working with the technology and working with the data. A lot of my responsibility had moved into sort of the strategic side of things. And I didn't like that as much. I really liked having my hands on in the data. And so uh, the other thing that happened was I was working you know, kind of habitually working 60, 70 hour weeks. And I had just met my wife. I really wanted to spend more time with her. And so um, what happened was right around this time, as I was getting really stressed out with work and just working too much, a job posting appeared at Davidson College for a business intelligence developer. And I just jumped on it. Um, and it was a bit of a shift because I basically demoted myself. I went from being a director of this really successful team at this company to being just a software developer again with no one reporting to me. And I took a pretty significant pay cut to do that as well. Um, but it was good for my mental health. And it also brought me back to working with the technology, which is what I really, really wanted to do. And now I've been doing that for five years. So when I say that my path and my career has been somewhat meandering, that's exactly what it was. It was the military, Marine Corps OCS, working for law firms, going to law school. And, and there was a lot of time, there were a lot of points in my career early on where I thought like, I'm like, what am I doing? Like some of my Davidson classmates, they're already like graduating from medical school and starting these amazing careers. And 
I'm just like, I'm, I've had so many false starts. And I just thought there was something fundamentally wrong with me for years because I couldn't quite, you know, uh, complete on that plan that I had. But ultimately, all of that experience drove me to the point where I am today. And I'm thankful for every single minute of it. Thank you for that overview. And then now in your current role with the pay cut, the kind of self-chosen demotion, as you described it, but really getting to work with the data that you loved and that you had to ask yourself, can you describe what a business intelligence developer does? Yeah. So the whole point of a business intelligence platform in any business is to take the data that the business generates and try to derive insights from it. Um, you know, what are our historical trends for sales? Um, what are our sales forecasts? Um, you know, what are our employee retention metrics? You know, are we doing a good job of retaining employees? Um, are we retaining the right type of employees? You know, at a place like Davidson, a lot of the things that we're looking at, we're looking at, you know, what are our diversity metrics? Um, and are we, you know, hiring a younger crop of employees? So business intelligence, the whole idea is, you know, we've got all this data, let's pull it out of the database and put it into a data model that attempts to answer these questions. And then let's build reports and dashboards that visualize that data and try to answer those questions for people. So there's a lot of technical work involved. It's being able to query databases and uh, clean up data and restructure it and transform it. But it's also, in my mind, there's a big storytelling aspect to it. You have to be able to make the data relevant to your audience. So you have to be able to put yourself into the shoes of your audience, understand the questions that they want to ask of the data. And there's also a, a, a sort of a graphic design element to it as well, because you can't just throw charts onto a page and just overwhelm your audience with all this information because they're not going to be able necessarily to understand what you're trying to tell them. Um, you have to, there's an element of human psychology to it because you have to lay out the data and the information in a way that answers their core questions. And you have to understand that the more information you put onto a dashboard or in a report, the more cognitive load you are putting on that person. So if you overwhelm them with information, they might have a hard time coming to the conclusion or the decision that they need to come to. With all those roles of various things that you do, can you describe how those break down into a typical day or week for you? Yeah. When it comes to kind of dashboard development um, or report development for a particular project, you're typically going to interview the uh, the customer, let's say. In my case at Davidson, the customer might be a uh, financial aid um, uh team leader in the financial aid office at Davidson, they want a dashboard that answers some questions about, you know, are we, um, are we allocating our financial aid dollars in a way that, you know, maximizes um, their potential, I guess. Um, that's a very abstract way of putting it. But um, so you'll go into meetings and you'll say, okay, what are the questions that you're trying to answer? I'll take a lot of notes in these meetings. I'll try to ask additional questions that unpack certain things. Like if, there, if there's anything in their, in their answers that is vague, 
So there's kind of an interview aspect, like what you're doing right now to me, I'm doing right now, I'd be doing in these meetings to, to the business stakeholders. Um, and then uh, it, it, it goes into sort of this experiment and refining process where I'll go and I'll connect to the data and I'll build a data model and we'll start actually looking at some of the details. We'll write some calculations. We'll look at how the data looks when you put it in a very preliminary form into a dashboard. And, you know, does this meet your expectations? Does this look the way you think it does? Or are there certain things that you didn't anticipate that are showing up? And it goes into sort of this feedback loop, you know, of um, working with the stakeholder to refine their their requirements a little bit more. So it's a mix of technical work, but it's also a mix of what I call the soft skills. Given that you have those two sides of the roles, the technical and the interpersonal, what percentage of time would you say of your daily schedule is spent with each? How social is the role? It's fairly social. Um, you know, everyone has data needs, uh, but not everyone knows how to get at the data or they don't know the tools um, so a lot of my job is, um, I get a request from someone, I have to go back and ask those questions, um, or I have to train people on how to use the tools. So I'd say probably somewhere in the range of 10 to 25% of my job is just communicating with people to understand their needs and to train them on how to use these tools. So it, there's, there's a, a definite social aspect to it. And that's sometimes one of the difficult aspects of working with some people is, you know, either they expect the product to be perfect on the first version, or they are reluctant to come back to you and ask for new things because they think that, you know, it's it's a, a burden or something, or maybe they didn't do a good enough job explaining their needs the first time. And you just mentioned um, some of those expectation differences as one of the challenges of the role. Can you talk about some of the aspects that you enjoy about the role? I get to work fairly independently and with a lot of autonomy. Um, you know, we'll have a big project come in. Doug Hicks, the president of Davidson College, wants a dashboard to, you know, know what areas of the country he should travel to to talk to donors and alumni. So rather than, you know, um, someone interfacing, you know, with, you know, between Doug and me, I get the autonomy to meet with Doug, you know, on my own and talk to him about what he needs. Um, and so I, 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 you know, most of my job, I'm an independent operator who kind of gets to roam around the college and meet with different groups and ask about what their needs are and work with them directly without having things filtered through bureaucracy, you know, without having things filtered through my manager or um, so on. Um, and that's great because, you know, I, I get a lot of control um, over how I do my job. And I, I love that I just I get to build something tangible. You know, the, the one of the greatest joys of my job is that I, I, you know, I build a data pipeline that helps automate the flow of financial aid data from, you know, the federal government, like your, your FAFSA that you fill out every year to apply for federal aid. You know, we, we typically have been doing that in a very manual fashion until this past year when working with the financial aid office and working with one of my colleagues, 
um, we developed a pipeline that automates the flow of that data from the federal government into, into the banner financial aid system. And that has had huge impacts with the amount of time that our financial aid office has to spend um, looking at the data that saved them so many hours. But you build these tangible products, these dashboards and these data pipelines that make life easier for your colleagues that have a direct impact on them. And that's really the joy because you can you can take that and say, I built this like from the ground up, I built this product um, and it, it made people's lives better. What steps did you take? And with that, what advice would you have for someone who maybe wasn't a data science major in college to get yourself into that position? It was having projects to work on. It was go going back to that idea of having a tangible product. I needed to build a tangible product and I did not know how. So um, I sought out help from some of my colleagues. With that little bit of guidance, I was able to take that and run with it and develop my own code. You really have to be willing to seek out a mentor. You have to be willing to uh, experiment. And if you're not in a position where you have that kind of project-based work for your job that I had, what I recommend to people is to go out, you know, onto the internet and look for uh, online courses, uh, look for different YouTube channels that offer this kind of instruction. There's one thing that, that we have now that I didn't really have 10 years ago, YouTube channels, just hundreds of them where they will give you an exercise data set and they will walk you through how to do these things from start to finish um and um and build up a portfolio you know write uh write code and put your code in a github repository um create your own web page you know um and put your put your project portfolio up there and then link your project portfolio in your resume or in your job applications so that hiring managers have somewhere where they can go and they can look at those tangible products that, they, that you've built. They can look at your code. They can look at the comments in your code and see kind of how your brain operates, how you solve particular problems. That more than anything is more helpful than, you know, a four page long resume. 